It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. All right, we've got uh, a great segment on the show today. We're going to play a new game, a new introduction to the Savvy Realtor radio show here. Angie, it's called Good Take, Bad Take. And uh, we're going to share some predictions, opinions, prognostications, various things like that about the real estate world. And I want you to let us know, is this a good take, a bad take, or maybe it just gives you some other takeaway or some additional thoughts, perhaps. I'll I'll let you find maybe a middle ground or a different Mm -hmm. offshoot to some of these questions, if you prefer. All right, so here's the first one. Uh, some experts predict the real estate prices across the country will uh, will be around 10% less over the next 12 to 18 months. So they're predicting a 10% drop in real estate prices during that time frame. What do you think? Good take, bad take? Well, I think that's very uh, localized. Um, so I would say for us, I would say bad take. Um, for here in the Triangle area, I would say bad take. Um, we actually are expecting still to see appreciation. Um, it's not going to be as significant as what we've seen, you know, the last year or two, but we are still expected to see appreciation just because of the limited amount of inventory. Now, although we just saw the shift really happen, I would say this month in October, others saw it a lot sooner. So I would say with them, yes, they're seeing real estate prices, you know, drop, not us, not here locally. Okay, very good. There's a good, uh, a bad take again on the local angle of that particular prognostication. And again, most of these are going to have sort of a national focus. So that's good to keep in mind. All right, here's the next one. Uh, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said the housing market will likely have, and this is a quote, have to go through a correction. How does that strike you, Angie? Yeah, you know, actually, I agree with Jerome Powell. And I would say the real estate market's already going through a correction. Um, but I think a correction's a great thing. I don't know about you guys, but being a buyer out there in that crazy market that we're seeing earlier this year, it's no fun. You know, and if you think about what they were paying for the homes, you know, we were seeing 50000 above, 100000 above. Where now, you know, as far as pricing in the triangle, you're seeing around 99%, 98 to 99% of list price. In the coastal region, we're seeing a little less, more around like a 97% of list price. So actually, it's just, it's a better market to be in. So yes, I am already seeing where the there's a correction taking place with the real estate market. Um, of course, that's from increasing interest rates that is causing that. But I think that's a good thing. It needed to happen. It was bound to happen. Yeah. And that, uh, that correction seems to take shape in many different forms, both from a pricing standpoint, seller's market versus buyer's market. There's just a lot of things that kind of can yeah. go through that correction phase, right? So Exactly. Interesting one. All right. Now, not all of these are going to deal with the market, Angie. So this next one is totally disconnected from just you know the, the current market and the environment, interest rate talk and all that stuff. Because sometimes we need a break from all that, right? <laughs> all right. So this one's fun. Uh, this was from an article, and it was a very, very strongly opinionated article. Uh, article and it said removing all the tubs from your house during renovation is the dumbest bathroom trend (laughs) 
to date. This person had very strong opinions about not at least <laughs> saving one bathtub in your home when you're renovating. Yeah, I, I love that they used the word dumbest um, in yeah. their article. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I do agree. It is the dumbest mistake you can make to remove all bathtubs. You have to just always remember, you know, your home in the moment, it's your home, but you more than likely will sell one day. Even though, you know, a lot of people, they say, this is my forever home. You look at them and five years later, they've sold that home. So um, always be thinking about resale value. And from a resale standpoint, you need to leave a tub, just one tub in your home. Because remember, many people have littles. Um, maybe they are, you know, it's going to be grandparents that are living there and they want their grandkids to come and visit. Grandkids need a bath. So always leave a bathtub. Um, and also, you know, there could be elderly who maybe need a tub. So yeah, leave a tub. Do not renovate and change those out to showers. Not all of them. Leave one tub. Yep. Always helpful to just have at least that one operable yes. tub. No doubt about it. Uh, all right. Here's another good take, bad take question for you, Angie. Your annual household income needs to be at least $100,000 to buy a home. Uh, bad take. That might been here. We'll say dumbest. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, guys, Um, you'll be I mean, you can be really surprised, you know, what type of income you can make that can get you into a home. So um, to understand that better, it's connecting with our preferred lender, Tina Conadaris with NFM Lending and look at your options. But no, you do not have to make $100,000 to afford a home. That's silly. Yeah, talk to Tina if you, uh, you know, for some reason <laughs> yeah. believe that to be true. Let her run nah, the numbers not true. to help you. Not out. true. Yeah. But I, when I, yeah, when I purchased my home first time, I was not making a hundred thousand. So, yep, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, all right, here's another one. Uh, you will save tens of thousands of dollars if you sell your house without an agent. I know I what your say, take is on this one. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'll be honest. And of course, I, you know, because I'm an agent. I mean, I'm I'm pro agents, but there is actually proof behind it. You know, statistics and numbers showing that those that listed with an agent ended up netting even after they paid out commissions more than if they do what's called like a, fiz, a fizbo or for sale by owner. Um, so no, that is not the case. That you would save more money by not having an agent. Um, I say on a case by case basis, maybe someone could maybe they get lucky maybe they're just in a very highly desirable neighborhood you know where they just got lucky with the the perfect buyer but you know for the most part i would say and i know how our team operates when it comes to marketing you know we do such an amazing job to market your home to get the most exposure to get the most feet in the door then to get the most offers to drive the highest price point so um you know not working with an agent is not going to uh you know make you tens of thousands of more dollars all right, we've had a couple of uh, bad takes so far and, and, and one or two good takes, and so we'll see what the uh, the second half of the list turns out to be. Uh, if you've got questions about real estate for Angie and the team, please don't hesitate to call or text to get in touch. You can do that right now or after today's show, whenever it's convenient for you, 919-538-6477. If you're a buyer or seller with questions, Angie and her team at Acole Realty have answers. 919-538-6477, again, is that number or go online to acolerealty.com. All right, here's uh, our next good take, bad take, getting Angie's opinions on these things. Uh, within a few years, we'll all be touring houses with VR headsets instead of in person. I think that that's a bad take. I know that a lot of, you know, things are going electric and just kind of, uh, you know, a different take on things um, instead of like the old school or current ways. But I don't know about you, but I want to see a home in person. So, um, you know, it's really hard to understand what a home looks, how it lives, how we'll position our furniture. 
by looking at it, you know, virtually. Um, I don't see that it would go that direction. I could be wrong, but I know that majority of people, they want to be in person. Now, in the market we were in just earlier this year, a lot of buyers were forced to make sight unseen offers and they were not loving it, not at all. Um, we actually saw terminations where they finally got into the home after the offer was accepted and it wasn't what they were expecting. So I think that there will always be in-person tours when it comes to you know buying and selling homes. Yeah, I feel like if we were going to see that VR headset transition, it probably would have happened at some point during the pandemic. Um, yeah, you know, when people weren't going and visiting. We already other had that homes. technology, so if it was gonna, yeah. going to happen, I think that would have easily already taken place. I, I, I it, I've never even heard of that to be honest with it you. Seems as far like as instead, like, is that a potential? Instead, it's that virtual staging that seems to be taking, um, you know, oh, yeah. more popularity, right? Yeah, yeah, we we love virtual staging. Um, we do that for all of our vacant homes, um, and that is just to be eye catching because you know most buyers start their home search online, and when they're looking online, the first thing they they pay attention to are pictures. If they don't like the pictures, they move on. They don't even read the remarks. So if we have a vacant home completely empty, by adding in the furniture, really just gives it some like warmth. It shows them how they can position the couch here, the chair here, how the that space can live. Um, so yeah, virtual staging I think is an amazing tool to help the buyer to understand and process, and it then you know really pushes them to want to come into that home. But I don't think that buyers will solely rely on you know kind of virtual headsets or virtual reality in a sense to buy homes and tour them. Hard to see that uh, fully taking grasp, I think, into the future. But we may never know. That may be one we were wrong on, Angie. Who knows? Maybe. I, knows? I think if VR was going to be more popular, it would have caught on a little faster. It's been pretty slow. I agree. To, to, to really immerse itself. It's kind of like 3D glasses, right? Everyone thought 3D glasses were going to totally take over how we all watch TV and that nice. every night we'd be sitting around watching TV and movies with 3D glasses on and like nobody's like, I don't want to put these Did on. you ever buy those? <laughs> no, uh-uh. Oh, we... I, mean, we, maybe I like, think they I think actually I came one with one of our TVs. Theater. Yeah. We actually, we have... We have a couple of sets. Couldn't tell where they're at. I don't even know if they exist in our home anymore. But I believe we got like a pair that actually came with a TV we bought one time. Um, I think I put those things on for one second and I was like, take these off. Like, I don't even love going to the movies no. and seeing a 3D movie. It just throws me off. It's, I don't know, it's weird to me. So yeah, that stuck around for a hot second. I don't think I'd ever go to a 3D movie again, um, unless yeah. it was like something, like not a regular movie. Uh, it's different. Like, I don't know if you're... Uh, what if you're in, like Universal Studios, you're going to see something that's shorter and that's like specifically like truly built for that 3D experience. Like that's different. Right. Or if it's like a cool IMAX thing where the whole reason is to have the 3D experience. Sure. But I'm not going to go see like an, a regular movie in uh, no. 3D. Uh-uh. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. I, I, I prefer it to go the non-3D route. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, all right, here's another one. Uh, in a few years, more than 50% of people will skip the stressful home selling process and just sell direct to an iBuyer. I do not agree with that. You know, we have seen, of course, iBuyer, um, you know, being a strong uh, part of the market. But I mean, overall, it still has not been a higher percentage than just, um, you know, selling the home traditionally on the market to more of a, you know, a, actual individual, primary or secondary um, resident, potential resident. Um, so I, I don't agree with that. You know, there is proven facts that when your home is sold to an iBuyer, you are netting less, no doubt about it. It is strictly from the standpoint of 
clients. Um, but if you are focused on how much you can make off your home and from a dollar standpoint, you need to go the traditional route. You need to go on the market, get your home in front of as many potential buyers as possible. If iBuyer is the route that you do want to take, just to let you know our team, Acol Realty, we do have both options. Of course, our kind of more traditional route is the way to go and that we actually highly advise because our goal is to make you the most amount of money possible. So that is actually going active and on the market. Um, but if you are, you know, in one of the situations that you say, absolutely not, I cannot have people coming through my home. I need this thing sold yesterday. We do have an iBuyer route as well. So we can definitely help, definitely help you with both of those scenarios, whatever meets your needs, you know, the most. Well, it's a great uh, analysis and breakdown of that one, Angie. And yeah, iBuyers, were, and we've seen them be very volatile, right? Enter the market, exit the market, come back into There's it. There's been so. a lot of bad buys with like the bigger yeah. iBuyer companies in the past where, you know, they've they've lost money and they have made some bad decisions as far as buying too high, not being able to flip and resell. But yeah, no, I do not. I think that's a bad take. I don't think in a few years that more than 50% of people will skip the stressful home selling process. Guys, it's not all that bad. And sell directly with an iBuyer. I don't I don't believe it. Yeah. There's still a lot of uh, stuff that you got to do even with the iBuyer side of things, right? Like there you, is. There you is. You skip maybe the listing process and maybe some of the home tours, but somebody's still going to come look at the home and price it and still take you through a lot well, of the other parts of the process, I, right? I think the thing too is, you know, the buyer, they think that this offer from an iBuyer is, okay, this is the number I'm getting great done going to the closing table. Eh, not always that easy. You know, we have seen many iBuyer situations where we agree on a price, then we get during the due diligence period and the iBuyer comes back and they're like, mm, I want another 20000 off based on condition. And I've seen many times where the iBuyers have backed out, just pulled out the, you know, transaction because they realized that their numbers didn't work. Um, so yes, I know that a lot of sellers go that route for the convenience, but sometimes it ends up turning out to be a huge, huge headache. So just Make sure you're looking at all the facts. Um, Also, a lot of iBuyer companies, um, they charge real estate commission just like real estate agents do. So you're not saving on the commission side. Almost all of them charge almost like a uh, convenience fee, we can call it, to, you know, work with you. So you're not saving money in any way, um, if if at all. Like I mentioned, you're probably netting way less than what you would go in the traditional route. It's another good take there, Angie. Uh, well, it was a bad take, but you, your take was good on the bad take. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks. Uh, here's the next one. Uh, soon, most people will find their home through social media marketing instead of traditional websites or via MLS. Um, I'm going to say bad take there. I okay. really truly think that those third-party websites like, you know, the big ones, the Zillow, the Realtor.com, Trulia, you know, I, I still think that the buyer will go to those. I think that they have just hold and control of the overall market and the data that they are driving out there to the public, that I think that those will still be the places to go. Um, Now, I think social media is an amazing tool for an agent to market themselves. I think it's an amazing way to market listings in hopes to find the right buyer who comes across it. You know, of course, we do targeted ads, putting those listings out there to get in front front of the most eyes possible. But I still think that majority of people will find their home through those third-party websites, which are fed by the MLS. So it's all kind of one in the same. I like that. You think it's an important part of the process, but not going to fully replace some of those traditional no. elements. Okay. No, no. Cool. I mean, because, well, at the moment, you know, Social media does not have a tool for searching for homes. 
So unless you just randomly come across where, you know, maybe the seller or the agent posted that home for sale on social media, there's not a search tool for searching for home. So unless, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, right, um, wants to create something like on Facebook that's a search tool for listings, almost like a marketplace, that could be maybe a way that that could take over um, those third-party websites. But at this moment, social media doesn't have a search feature or tool for searching for homes for sale. I think we should make that like a shtick of the show, Angie, where each week we somehow bring up Mark Zuckerberg, but then mispronounce his name in a different, How do you even say it? a different way each week. I think it's Zucker, Zuckerberg, but I like... What did I, I say? I, I, I don't even I like to hear like Zuckerberg or... Z- you guys Zuck- know who I was. Let's call him Mark Z. You knew who I was talking about. <laughs> I know. I think if we should make it a thing. If you ask me to say it again, I would say it wrong. So that's okay. I, that's what I'm saying. I think we should make it a thing. Each week we'll call him something, you know, Mark Mark Zickernocker, uh, whatever yeah, that right. name is. Yeah, that, like that dude. That... That dude that had a great idea and that is now a billionaire. That yeah, guy. <laughs> that guy. Love yeah. it. All right. Uh, here's another. We're playing good take or bad take with Angie about the real estate market and just real estate related items. This one says you don't need to stage your home for photos anymore since virtual staging, which we just mentioned a few minutes ago, exists. No. So remember, um, there's two types of listings. We have one where someone is living there with their contents. We have one where someone has already vacated the home, moved out and their belongings are not there anymore. If you still have your furniture, your belongings, your your things in the home, 100%, we need to get a professional stager over there. That is one way that you can truly hurt yourself and limit the amount of buyers that lay their eyes on your home. And the price point you get is by not taking advantage of staging your home. You know, it's all about you know, just making it minimalistic, depersonalizing, you know, just showing off the home and it's all of its qualities versus being distracted by the content. So uh, virtual staging is not going to correct contents that are there. It's just adding to the pictures, if that makes sense. So we have virtual staging for vacant homes, and then we have a stager who needs to advise with one that is being currently lived in. I like that. So yeah, you're not seeing uh, seeing hybrids where home is you know has furniture in it, and then you're adding little elements here and there. You not, know, I'm not, not going to say. Um, I'm not going to say we don't, but we have to remember we can't go in like Photoshop and correct and fix. Okay, does that make gotcha. sense? So um, we have we have before. Um, hey, there was only like very minimal. Like, um, or actually, what we've done before is our stager has brought in little sprinkle, like you know maybe something around the mantle, like a little. Just, you know, a vase here and there, but then we've added in virtual staging with like the couch and the chair. Um, So when someone's walking through a home, the sprinkle part is there, but then the virtual staging is not there. But, you know, you can't just have a home with all its contents and kind of override distractions with virtual staging. Okay, I have a question for you. This was a a beach listing that I saw earlier this week. And the inside of the home was really pretty, really nice. And I think they were selling it with all of the furniture included, as is, you know, somewhat common in in some beach homes. And um, but the outside of the home just didn't look very good. It was just a box. It didn't look very pretty. Definitely looked aged. 
there was nothing in the driveway. The the lot was just as sparse as you can imagine with, you know, kind of that, that beachy look when no one's really done any landscaping where it's kind of like got the spotty grass with sand sort of mixed in. It just, you can't even tell if there's really a parking area, just that sort of visual. So mm-hmm. the whole inside of the house was normal pictures, but then outside yeah. it said artist's rendering on the second picture. And then it had like, you know, reframed windows. It had like palm trees. Yeah. The grass yeah. was green, all kind this showing, kind of stuff. like what you could do. Yeah. So is that yeah. just, that's outside virtual staging and then is artist's rendering just a new way of kind of like saying this is virtual staging? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that could be a great tool. You know, we are required to put what the true condition of the home looks like. So as long as they put what the actual home looks like, and then the next page yeah, is showing, hey, this is what you can do to improve it, to help people to visualize. I mean, I think that's a great idea. But yeah, I think that's very similar to it, or it is very similar to virtual staging is, you know, just adding additional, yeah, rend- is a rendering. An, an or, artist's rendering. Just, yeah, yeah. It, it fancied I've seen it up that a bit. Too. Um, <laughs> Um, I've seen also where um, a home and then the idea of, hey, this is what it could look like if you put a pool in the backyard, you know, doing the rendering that way and just helping people to visualize the, the, you know, overall potential. That's cool. Yep, exactly. All right. Last one here, Angie. Uh, Real estate is still the best way to build long-term wealth. Do you think that is a good take or bad take? I think that's a great take, you know, and um, I can say that firsthand, you know, um, myself and my husband, we are definitely in the, in the, you know, the game of investment properties, you know, Um, real estate is just like anything like stocks over time, if you hold your money in it, you will make money, right? Um, You know, it's, it's tough to always time it perfectly. You know, sometimes we get lucky, sometimes we get not so lucky. But yes, long term, if you hold on to it, you will make money off of it. So yes, real estate is still the best way to build long term wealth. I 100% agree. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. Did you know that Angie Cole also has a radio show? Tune into The Savvy Realtor, Saturdays at noon on 106.1 FM WTKK.